All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 37 with Josh Scott of JHS Pedals. How are you? This is Tone Talk. I, I've totally forgot what our intro was. Totally blew it. I blew it. It's too, it's too early for Mark. I know. I totally blew it. I need like a 9 Love p.m. It. show. I totally blew it. Let's do take two. Uh, this is welcome to episode 37 of Tone Talk with Mark and Dave. And tonight's guest, today's guest, is uh, Josh Scott from JHS Pedals. Josh, how are you? Doing good, man. You doing well? Uh, I, I think I need more coffee. I yes. have coffee. <laughs> 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 I got that right before as my tardy uh, arrival there. I was making coffee. <laughs> so um, I've decided I need to get an espresso machine for my office. That's what I really need. Yeah, you said you were going to get are, one for NAM too, right? Yep. Those are dangerous. <laughs> we, we put one in downstairs. It's like feeding the masses down there with coffee. So I traded a guy a drum kit for an espresso machine, and we're, <laughs> we're getting stuff done. Oh, was it like a really good one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we found a restaurant that wasn't using one, and we just kept saying, like, you using that? You, you, gonna, you need that? And the guy was like, uh-huh. um, I could use a drum kit. Ah. I had a drum kit. Perfect. That's it worked. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, drum- anyone out there is not using an espresso machine and they want to send it to me, please do. <laughs> <laughs> Start coming in the mail. Begging for espresso machines. Um, wow, we've got a lot of people watching already. 52 people in a matter of minutes. Um, and uh, Josh, what's going on? I know it's right in the middle of your day, right in the middle of Dave's day. My day's winding down. This is not a normal time for us. We normally go late in the night, um, but we wanted to accommodate it to get you on. So um. I I appreciate that. Yeah, I've I've been um, traveling too much. I think Dave probably knows all about that. I saw him talking about his world tour fiasco stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like clinics after clinic and in and out of town. So I've been I've been having to like five o'clock it and just like, you know, try to be at home kiddos and stuff. So I appreciate you guys meeting me in the middle here in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah. No problem. Good time of day. No, no worries. No worries. It's all good. <clears throat> we appreciate it. Um, love your stuff. I mean, you guys are have like taken off JHS pedals. I saw your booth uh, at last Nam uh, with like the big Lego blocks. If I remember, um, yes. And uh, and everybody was with headphones, which I thought was awesome. Um, there was no noise coming out of your booth, I think, whatsoever. <laughs> it's Nam is that battle of everything sounds better loud, but it's it's exhaust. I mean, you know, it's exhausting. A few days of that, and you're just like you're ready to burn every guitar you see and never listen to music again. So. I'm glad you oh, yeah, like the viewer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, either, you, <laughs> either you have a silent booth like Dave's or uh, yep. or you go the headphone route. I'm glad I'm not an – I've always said I'm glad I'm not an amp guy because, I mean, you just you got to play the amps. You know, they have to be felt and heard and stuff. And I, man, is so difficult, um, especially some of those halls. You know, Hall E with – like 10,000 20 inch ride symbols going. Mm, yeah. 
and then you're trying <laughs> and some guys like trying to hear the nuances of the ant and then the guys walking around flagging you with a DB meter it's it's fun you know it's difficult so. <laughs> yeah we we solved that we just built a big sound room and uh, we play as loud as we want in there that's great <laughs> and yeah. uh the funny thing i always say about that is uh on setup day when when we're playing in the sound room and you're standing outside you're like god that's loud come the show you can't hear a peep of it can't hear ambi- yeah. ambient noise is so much louder than it so <laughs> yeah it's like a hundred db of wash like a like a waterfall yeah 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 you're but it's fun. Ears are ringing as you leave the the the, the hall. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it is. It's we all go. It's the the necessary thing. It's fun. Yeah. So speaking of now, are you um, you releasing any new stuff? Planning on new stuff coming out? We are. Uh, you know, just new stuff. That's it. A lot just of new, new stuff. Just new stuff. You know, it's it's that it's the question of like if I tell you, I'd have to kill you because then all my <laughs> dealers would hate me. Um, I would get an immediate call from Sweetwater hating me that I said something, and then people's trying to order it. There yeah. are there are, there are you know that Dave. So there are um, I, I do know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there will be. I'm pretty excited. There's one. I'll, I'll give the teasers within within frame. There's one, um, there's one pedal that I started probably five years ago. It kept having some issues, everything from like, like a certain part I had chosen for the design went bye-bye. And then, then we found the switching issue because it's got this kind of bizarre switching scenario. Um, and it just kept setting on the shelf. Things like the bonsai were more important, and this, you know, it just it's like the the thing that you just said over here. It's finally done, so I'm really excited to put that out. Um, and we we'll probably have a total of about three new things that are really great. So I'm pretty pumped for it. Um, That's yeah. cool. Yeah, good, good to hear. Everyone needs to buy all of them right now somehow. <laughs> Pre-order. Pre-order the thing. I don't even know how much it is right now, but you can pre-order it. <laughs> oh, you're wearing your um, – is that your uh, Loud is oh, More Good? Shirt? Loud is More Good. I, I uh, A new Vogue episode today. Um, yeah, so I'm, wear, I'm recycling the shirt here. I didn't want to change. Loud <laughs> is More Good. Unless it's Nan. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, Right. That's and, the next shirt. Loud is more good. And on the back says, unless you're in Anaheim. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. I like that actually. That's like part, it. that's version yeah. two. <laughs> um, there you go. Did we lose Josh or no, he's still, no, there. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Your internet's a little slow. Erratic internet problems. Yeah. It's like during the day, internet might be a little slower. I don't know. Interesting. Um, but we're, no, we're good. We're doing good. Okay. Um, trucking. we're trucking. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you at NAM and, um, yeah, same, you know, man. seeing all your stuff. Uh, I think you, you guys were real close to the Friedman booth actually in the boutique amps stuff. Probably uh, super close to it. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember. I, 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 I think everyone's in that yeah. one hall. So. Yeah. 
So, yeah, every, everybody's in the one hall. So I got a bunch of questions already, Josh. So I figured maybe I should just dive in, given you know our amount of time that we have, and ask some questions. If that would be cool with you. Okay, sounds good. So first of all, one one of the questions that I had um, right off the bat was, you know, how did you get into this business? How, how did you start? Um, I know you have a big passion for the history and, um, you know, all the, I guess, all, all the vintage pedals, you know, you really have a passion for that. I love all your video, you know, blogs and everything like that. So if you can just tell us how you got into it and, and also how you got into doing the video stuff too. That's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the, for me, it was like the complete opposite of the, you know, five year business plan. I barely got out of high school. You know, it's a pretty typical story. Like I just a guitar player in bands doing session work. I got into doing some like hired playing for touring and stuff. And I had a blues driver that broke just the, the switch, you know, the momentary switch. I fixed it, but man, I felt like a superhero. And then <laughs> I, just, I just, I just went downhill from there. Um, I got really into why it was, it was that mystery of like looking behind the curtain, you know, I had my Robert Keeley, um, blues driver and I would stack it with a normal one and I used them for different things. But then I was like, what did he do to this? So, you know, opened it up, got a notebook and that notebook somewhere, but basically it would say like, I didn't know anything. So I saw the board on that board. It would say like C1. I don't know what C1 is, but I noticed that it said, you know, a 0 0.0 and a 4.7 or whatever. And then I noticed on Roberts, it would say like 0.1. So I made this little like graph thing, just like just purely for the sake of like deduction here. What is going on? And then, you know, got on Google and I figured out, oh, there's these things called schematics. I've seen these somewhere and then learned schematic symbols, learned all that. And then, and then it was, hmm man, I, I've really always liked certain circuits. So is there a schematic to that circuit? So you get on and, and just down that rabbit hole. I got, mm -hmm. you know, eventually that turned into modding a bunch of pedals, then taking some of those pedals. Um, for instance, like an early JHS would be like the morning glory. It's like one of the best sellers. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I used an old, old yeah. Yeah. Like a, thank you. Like a Marshall, a black box Marshall blues breaker. And I love the pedal. I didn't want to change it, but I didn't like two things about it. So I modded it, but I made it in my own circuit. You know, I, I made my own board and I got into like, cause the reason that happened is you couldn't find those to mod. Like it wasn't like you're going to put up a mod for black box blues breakers. Like two people had them in my mind, you know, more people had them, but it just didn't seem like, it wasn't like a boss pedal. Mm -hmm. I couldn't go down to guitar center and buy it like a DS one and send you one. And so I was like, I'm going to just make this on my own and eventually come up with a name, stuff like that. So that was just like this, it just kept going and going. And, um, then it was getting a hold of, you know, Doug self, small signal electronics and setting up at night and, and reading about equalizers till two in the morning, different tone controls. And my wife thinking like, Oh my God, I've lost him. 
<laughs> some black hole like what is this green book you know it's the most boring looking electronics book ever but just being really fascinated with that and oh and then this guy shows me a breadboard and it was like oh my gosh i'm gonna i'm gonna like i can i can play legos with this now so yeah so it's and it's a constant evolving of not evolving but just learning i mean and for me i've been i'm really grateful because I think in 2012, I walked up to Robert Keeley. Um, I saw he was on your last episode. I walked mm-hmm. up to him. I never met him. And I just like, just fanboy. And I had my booth over there. And I knew he had like disappeared off the face of the earth for a while. Uh, you know, I knew his shop had a fire and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, there he is. I just got to go tell him. I just got to go tell him. I walk up to Robert and I say, Robert. I just want to thank you. You're the reason that I'm doing this. I would have never gotten the pedals if I didn't like your mod so much. So thank you because of you. I have a job and he just stands there and he's just like, he like hugs me. And then we, (laughs) we walk over to the food court and sit down on these bean bags for like an hour and a half. And um, yeah, it's just like, then guys, you know, he was the first of, of a few guys that, just learning from these guys like Robert, um, Jamie Stillman at Earthquaker has been just, these guys are just so great. The community is so nice. Brian Wampler. Um, and it's, it's that constant learning state. Now I'm 11 years in to the business side of it. And, you know, now it's cool to have, you know, get an email. Hey, what do you think about this dealer? Hey, you ever seen the CQ in a circuit? You ever had a problem with this part? Or where do you get this? You know, there's that community going and it's a constant learning. Mm-hmm. And that kind of comes through even in designs and stuff. Um, it's just a, it's a great community. Even down to, you know, did the JB2 with Boss, like having, you know, Yoshi, same situation. Just all across the world, there's people to learn from. And so that the answer to that is I'm, I'm still getting into it. You know, I think 11 years later, um, it was definitely an accident and still just getting into it. And that, and the vlog thing for me, that your second part of that question, mm. um, about not about nine years in, I literally started hating guitar. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I really understand this. <laughs> yeah, it, I know it, it sounds it sounds crazy to people, and you know I, I've mentioned this. I talked about it one time at the Guitar Center Clinic, and you and, and you know I see guys out there that they're fans and they love to work, and they're like they're like deer in the headlights. Like, how could you ever? But but it, it's hard because the the stresses of learning to run a business across those nine years, mixing it with guitar, it becomes this thing where it's like the two get really associated and you start taking it out on the guitar or the stresses of it, like day to day. And then it's like everywhere I turn, there's like a hunt, you know, there's a museum here now at this point and there's guitars everywhere and you start taking it for granted and it just becomes normal. And I found myself really like uh, just, just not loving it like I did, you know, hardly ever picking up a guitar. I pick up my Martins sometimes and write a few things or whatever. And I was, I was missing that feeling. The thing that guitar did for me as a teenager, you know, it was huge for me. It it saved my life literally. And I lost that. And I, 
basically started teaching this thing. I'd go around to some stores and I would talk about the history of pedals. I'm a huge history nut. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite memories as a kid is sitting with my dad. My, my, my dad and I didn't connect a ton, like super close, um, pretty standoffish family, you know, great dad though. But there were these moments and one of them was I would watch Ken Burns, the civil war with him, these history documentaries. And um, there was something about that that fascinated me with history. And I found that stream in the guitar and I started talking about it to people. And uh, so I'd go around these clinics and I would just start with like, here's the story of the first pedals and first, you know, this and that, and this person used it's on this record. Did you know this? And I started loving guitar again. And Mm -hmm. so one day it was like, it was a mixture of that reality and the reality of I'm really tired of normal guitar demos. Like they're a dime a dozen and they're great. I love guitar demos, but I'm tired of doing them. I don't want to be a guy that's just playing my pedal anymore. Like mm-hmm. go listen to Pete Thorne or something. I, you know, mm-hmm. need to be an option for you hearing my pedal. I should tell you the story. And so the vlog came out of that where it was, I just made a TV show and just started talking about everything except my pedals. <laughs> and uh, it's funny. There's like a count of, I think, across 30 episodes every Thursday, I've probably said JHS like four times. But people <laughs> have connected with it. And I've connected with it. And it's weird because people are buying JHS because they see the passion in that and the story. and the Or they're buying someone else's. And for me, you know, whether that's a pedal, it'd be Dave's pedal or whatever. It could be that people are just connecting with it. Yeah. 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 No, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 For me, it's more about, I, I stand by if the tide rises, we're all better off. And I think the Vogue has been a real evidence of that. It's been really fun. Yeah. They're great. I mean, uh, you know, just learning about, like you said, like the history and who was behind it and those types of things. I love, I love that you put that out. And then also when you talk about certain pedals that people don't know, I went out and bought a um, Maxon Sonic. Distortion. Yeah. SD9. 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 Oh yeah. SD9 is great. Great pedal. Good pedal. Never heard of Never heard of it before, before your video. And I was like, okay, I'm going on reverb. Oh, that's cool. Now, now, now see, now I, I, don't really even know of these videos, so now I need to go watch. <laughs> uh, there's the rabbit hole, Dave. <laughs> that, that start start down a rabbit hole. Just what I need. Um, yeah. It's funny great. you were say, it, saying how how over time you kind of lose working in this industry. You sort of uh, lose your, uh, you, Are you still you lose your passion no? for music. Yeah, I'm here now. Is the video? Okay. Going? What's going on? Uh, uh, video goes in and out. Yeah, your video's a little in and out. There you go. Uh, you know, you lose your passion for it after a while, working in it constantly and constantly for and sure. constantly and being barraged by questions from the... I, I do all my customer service. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, I, I pass on, like, parts of it, but I answer the initial email. So so every email that comes to Friedman, I answer. Yeah. Ah, so there's intense. a lot, a lot of customer service emails. You know, there's tube issues and this and that. And I would one imagine after that the takes... other after the other after the other after the other. That's gonna and take after, your whole day. And after a while, you want to. Uh... <laughs> and then there's Pete Thorne behind me playing a electric banjo or something. 
um, you know, answering that all the time is like after a while you start getting depressed. <laughs> I mean, all you hear is problems. And then yeah. in the scope of things, it's not that many problems on the amount of amps you ship, you know. But you, you hear problems and problems and problems. It's just like, oh, my God. And, and you know, and sometimes the questions are a little shocking to me. Simplistic. Like, like really, you didn't know that? Okay. Hmm. By the way, you, uh, sh- you should have learned that. I think we lost Josh. Oh, no. Are you there, Josh? Yeah, it's. I'm hearing everything you're saying. It's going in and out. It's strange. okay. Or am, am I back? You guys good? Yeah, you're yeah, good. Well, your 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 voice is back. Okay. <laughs> um, well, no, I'm hearing. Yeah, it you know, just, you're answering just, that uh, you know, just, thing over and over. Yeah, and over. just like and and occasionally you bang your head. You you want to bang your head against the desk on the question you were just asked. And I mean, it's okay. They don't know, but but I'm sometimes shocked they don't know. And and it, no, seems, it, it seems to be getting yeah. worse. Well, and then, I think too. It, it, a lot of it is like uh, there's there's a lot of times it's like why do I have a website or it's like it'll be the things and that find you find that grinding and then you just have to be like you know these are customers I probably do it to the vacuum company I bought my vacuum cleaner from that's probably all on their website you know it's yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah it, frequently it's asked questions. Right, right. <laughs> no, that that's a that's a real thing. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, I I love your videos, Dave. You're gonna have to go down the rabbit hole and see them. Um, I will check it out now that I am aware. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the first. I, I don't send YouTube and search things because I I, you know, I I like try to get away from music sometimes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I go through phases of being totally disillusioned with everything and then being excited. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it just, it just time. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to get excited about something else and, mm. but I don't have yeah. any hobbies. So <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Outside of guitar, I have other hobbies. So I don't have any, it's only yeah. guitar. <laughs> so that, that's pretty all encompassing. Right. After a while, I can imagine you get burnt out. For so. sure. Yeah. But you um, get reunited. Sometimes you just need a little break or something and, Exactly. Or something something interests you and then all of a sudden reignites the passion for it or something. Um, Here's a question for uh, Josh from Anthony Fizzer. And you were mentioning this pedal before, the Morning Glory. So he wanted to know, he said, it's a fantastic pedal. How did it come about? And I don't know if you answered that before, how the Morning Glory came about, but is it really just, that was it, the, the... you just wanted that. Yeah. Sound. Yeah. No, th- that's a great question. Thanks for that question. Um, yeah. I, I used Mar- uh, black box Marshall blues breakers for years. You can Google that. They're mm-hmm. you know, it's an old Marshall enclosure from the nineties or yeah. Nineties. And it didn't have enough output and it had a strange problem sometimes on certain amps, especially I like jazz masters and telecasters. And I like the brightness they have, and I love the blues breaker, but there would be these points where it was like a little too much. And so it was all about messing with that, the highest range of presence in that circuit. Um, because also as you turn the drive up, it's connected to the tone control. So the brighter that pedal, the, the more gain you give that circuit, the brighter mm-hmm. it gets. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of, it was more just an evolution. Works. 
Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's where that came from. The morning glory, the icon people get, there's a hundred million assumptions of what the icon is. It's a Roman candle called a morning glory. I played with them as a kid. Mm-hmm. That's what the icon is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, trying to think of anything else with that pedal. Yeah, it's been, it's, I think that's probably the pedal that put us on the map. Um, We've sold, I don't know the numbers, but I think we were around 10,000 of them last year or something. So it's mm-hmm. done really well. And yeah, it's a simple pedal. Um, the version four got a little more complicated. You can do a remote switch for high gain and stuff, but it's still the same circuit. Hmm. Yep. That's cool. awesome. Very cool. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's come across my bench a few times and pedal boards and rigs I've done. And just like I always turn it on, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. This that's good. Yeah. It works. Yep. Yeah. I know right away, like if, if I just flip it on real quick and I like it instantly, it's like yeah, there we go. It's fine. That's Great. cool. <laughs> hey Dave, did you see the um the super chat question that we got? Yes. Okay. Uh yes. Do you want to read it and then I'll uh answer it or Okay, so from you want me to read it so many questions. I got it. I can't stay focused. I'll let you guys navigate. Okay. Yeah, no, this one's for uh, for Dave, actually. It says, Cars and Guitars. Dave, Moore rebranded their fried mine or fried, fried mean. Uh, fried rice crossed over chow mein. Oh, fried mein. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Preamp pedal to gold 100 cease and desist letter. Lawsuit collectible. What's your honest opinion of how it sounds? Uh, I don't know how it sounds, really. I've only heard it in passing really quick. Um, they're friends of ours, so we just politely asked them not to use that name, uh, and they complied uh, right away. So, uh, it's a little close to the trademark, so we have a trademark for the Friedman name. So, Mm -hmm. um, so they were nice and they're cool, we're friends with them. So, (laughs) all right, well, that's makes sense, yeah, it worked out nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just asked him. I go, you know, that's pretty close, and this kind of violates our trademark. So we get it. We could we could argue that. So could you please change it? Had to do that many times. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, people are nice about it, but sometimes not. Then they need then they need a letter. Mm -hmm. The letter, the dreaded lawyer letter. Well, we got another <laughs> another question for Josh here from Michael okay. Kopstein. He says, okay. "When is JHS going to release a phaser pedal with all the awesome JHS type features? I love my bonsai." Uh, yeah, so I'm working on one now. That doesn't mean it'll be soon. It usually takes kind of the way stuff works with you know once a circuit is done. This one's not done. I'm I'm not quite sure. I, I want to put it into the Tap Tempo family with the Unicorn Univibe, the Emperor Chorus Vibrato, the Cub Analog Delay, uh, Digital Delay, uh, Lucky Cat, and then I want to do a, a phaser in that as well, and maybe even a second phaser that's real stripped down and, and kind of simple. Um, so it usually takes about a year once a breadboard's done to get enough in production, build them, you know, have a thousand setting on the shelf, have all the dealers knowing about them takes about a year. So if, if I figure it out, it'll probably be a 2020 NAM thing or something. Yeah. But I, I'm all into it. I've been 
I'm in phase land, man. I'm feeling it. Um, and I thought about doing them before, but I just never got too excited until lately. I've got a, I got a hold of a couple real strange phasers, some European stuff from the seventies and eighties. And they're kind of all the same. Like, you know, you can't reinvent phasing necessarily, but there's some cool tricks I saw and some really strange, I don't think they're tricks. I actually think they're mistakes, but they sound great. And, uh, implementing some of that and playing with it. So that's a good question. Phase will, phase will happen at some phase cool. in time. Yes. Cool. The other question I had for you was you just did the, um, the Univibe vibe video. Yeah. Univibe one Oh one. Yep. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That is one of my most favorite, I guess. Is it a modulation effect? Is that what they, you would call it? I guess. Yeah, it's a, you know, in that, in that video and my videos too, I have to tell people sometimes my approach is not to the expert that knows everything that lives on every forum since 1987. What I'm trying to show (laughs) people is, Hey, you, you've heard of this and you don't know what it is, or you've heard it in a song and couldn't figure it out. And that's the pointing of I 101. And I say in that video, it, it, it is an in-between, you know, the original Shinai vibe from 67, it says chorus vibrato. Mm-hmm. It's not a chorus. It's a little bit of a vibrato, but it's more of a phaser, but it's not a phaser. It's, it's a, it is phasing. It's really strange. You know, the guy that invented it, um, yeah, you know, originally I even say in the video, I was corrected on this the other day. A guy sent me an email. And it was fascinating. He sent me a video of the guy who invented it. And I always thought that Shin I hired an engineer because this story has been around forever. And two or three people verified this story. That's why I shared it, that they were trying to simulate a Leslie. And he says, no, I was into radio like uh, like ham radio and stuff and he said these russian military signals were so strong they would come into japan and they bounce down and phase out our radio he said i wanted to replicate it in a device and i was and it's like fascinating here i have to find that link maybe i can post it somewhere but yeah it's a crazy story so that device is just strange it's a strange thing and Mm-hmm. And I like to imagine, you know, Hendrix was like constantly at the right place at the right time. Obviously, amazing guitar player, but his guitar playing met technology yearly. I mean, 66, the fuzz face is invented from the Tonebender MK2. Mm-hmm. He comes along right then. Mm-hmm. Then the Univide falls in his lap with the wah pedal. Mm-hmm. It's like fascinating. So, there's this crazy span of time there. I don't know. That stuff's fascinating to me. Um, and the Univibe being such a big part of that. I say all that because it's different than a phaser and a chorus. And I wonder would it have ever caught on if Hendrix hadn't have played it. You know, it might have been one of these. There's thousands of flop circuit pedals and amps and stuff. And it's like, I think the Univibe was in this category where it's like Hendrix forever made it a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was so cool because it was neither of those. It wasn't a chorus and it wasn't a phaser and it wasn't a Leslie. So do you think, yeah. um, do you think uh, Gilmore got it from Hendrix? Yeah, that's a good question too. I, I, a lot of people tend to think so, but I, I wasn't there and I, I just don't know, you know, there's a yeah. million reasons. What year was dark side of the moon? That was uh, 
I thought it was 73. Yeah, I mean, those are seven. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the first time Gilmore used it, but it had to be after Hendricks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 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 I guess so. Yeah, I guess Think so. of the thousands of people who used it because of Hendricks, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, totally. Um, we had another question from Ben Coombs. He said, uh, does Josh have any plans for a modulation pedal? Um, I have a, a few modulation pedals now, so I'm not sure. Uh, the ones I have, um, I have a couple on my desk. Obviously, we just talked about the Unicorn. Mm-hmm. So the uh, Tap Tempo Univibe, this is bulb-driven like a Shin-Eye. Um, it just has modern features. And then I have one that looks like this, but it's purple with a penguin. It's called the Emperor. And that's a chorus vibrato, but it's Bucket Brigade. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like your classic analog chorus. Bossy 2, Arion SCH1, Bossy BB2. The vibrato and a memory man, it's kind of like that. So I have those. Um, as far as more modulation, I'm working on, like I said, a phaser and a flanger as well. So got to cool. have the mod, man. Cool. Yeah. I like all, all the things you mentioned are very favorites of mine in that modulation category. CE1 choruses, uh, CE2 choruses, the vibratos, yep. the – the uh, the Arion kind of thing, the um, mm-hmm. anything wobbly. I always like the wobbly choruses. That's cool. Yeah, and of course Univibes. Of course, Univibes. yeah, the Univibes. Yeah, but yeah. that's kind of a different thing. Yeah. Um, another question we have is from Eric Johnson. Not that Eric Johnson, though. Well, yes. I mean, it could be. It, it could, could be. be. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, he, but he wrote us. He said, "What other companies does Josh aspire to be like? Doesn't have to be a music in the music industry." I thought this was a good question, actually. Um, at least one other pedal company would be great, though. Oh, that's a fun one, man. I like that he said even outside of the music industry. Yeah. Um. I live in a cave lately. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, there's probably, there's probably characteristics from different things that I really like. Um, as far as a pedal company, I've, I have been and always will be. And I mean, almost since like year one, I'm just a huge boss fanboy. I, I love boss. I love Roland. I love the story and then got to work with them and meet them, went over and saw everything, you know, getting to know Yoshi particularly who, Mm-hmm. Set there at Roland building those Jupiter synthesizers. Now he's the president of Ball. Like seeing mm-hmm. the whole behind the curtain element there. Like I love that company. I love Japanese culture. I love how well they do everything. I love that when they put something out, as simple as it might be, they care like to the deepest degree. And I think that's a characteristic that I want to always have. I think that they've had the ability. I mean, they invented the compact stomp box in 77. They've had rough years, but now they're back just murdering everybody again. You know, it's like, it's like they've had this ability to go 40 plus years innovating, keeping it real and staying true to what they wanted to do in the first place. And I really like that. I think there's things about companies outside, like there's things I hate about Apple, but I like, there's one thing I like about Apple and that is when you pick an Apple device up for the most part, it's self-explanatory. 
um, if you're you know familiar in general with it. Mm-hmm. I, I like to aspire to do products that user interface is simple. I mean, my favorite guitar amps are like two knobs or put every EQ knob at noon and don't think about it. And I, I, I like, like Rupert Neve is another example of this. You look at a 1073, it's like on every record on demand, but you can't get a bad sound out of it. It does what it should do. You could honestly just put the knob at like three o'clock or one and never touch it the rest of your life and you're fine. That's something that I aspired to, to make products that, and, and it's, and you've probably dealt with this from a design standpoint on your amps is um like right now I'm worked on, I got a new drive circuit done and I find myself like I could add 12 knobs to this. Like that goes through my mind, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I'm at home, I got my, you know, my Nash telly and I'm cranking through this MiG-50 and it's like, oh, this control does this. Oh, this does this. Nobody cares. Like, they need they need a box that's dependable. You step on it, turn the two or three knobs and love guitar. And and I really struggle with that, with overloading people. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I understand. And unfortunately... I would like to make simpler amps personally, but unfortunately my crowd wants more complicated amps. So, uh, you know, my favorite amp in my line, well, or one amp in my line is the Dirty Shirley, which is a really simplistic amp. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Single channel. That's it. You know, just go volume knob on the guitar. There you go. Pickup selection. Uh, But that's kind of the school I came from. Uh, although I have built in more switches than I like. <laughs> no, I, but know, they serve a purpose if you know how to turn them, but there's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm saying this, and you know, here's my delay pedal with six knobs, tap tempo jacks. And I mean, yeah, that's like, pretty there's, elaborate. There, there's certain things. I mean, you got like color box, like this is, you know, DI in and out. Yeah. Complicated is needed mm-hmm. for sure. I do love, you know, I love plugging into just a an old, like a simple one knob amp that just kills. You know, you know, we all do. Yeah, it's like sure. it's sure. intuitive and yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't the Phil X amp also, uh, Dave, a uh, one channel? Yeah, it's a single channel. Yeah, yeah, uh, with the extra master volume just to bump up the level. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that too. Here's another question uh, from our Facebook page from Randy Moore the second, and I thought this was a great question because um, I've seen you pull out these drawers in your videos, Josh. Um, yeah, and uh, so he wants to know how many pedals you have in your personal collection. Oh, let me flip the webcam around and scare everyone. <laughs> uh, see if I can put some light over here. I have the overhead lights off because they're so ugly on film. Let's see here. This is some of it. Hopefully this so, works. Is that working? Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. So every drawer is full. This is one wall. I have more at home. I have this stuff behind me. Uh, there's probably close. It's getting worse, too, because now, <laughs> now that there's an excuse with this show, like – like I'm about to do a Shinai episode at some, so now I'm like 
oh, I need every shin eye. And it's like, there's an excuse. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I gotta add some shelves. I mean, there's even stuff right here. Like I forget, you know, all the love tone stuff and like full old oh, yeah. pedal board. There's stuff everywhere. So it's now it's, um, there's gotta be in the building, like 1500 or so. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that and yeah, that's yeah, just that's vintage awesome. that's awesome. weird. Stuff. Well, we, well, here's the nice thing is is one day when you go to retire, you, you Thank can just you. sell it, sell it all, and uh, and uh, retire, no problem. Yeah. See, yeah. I, you write that up, and I'm going to give it to my wife. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 money in the bank. Money, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. You just those have to get clones, rid of it. Those clones over there, they're going to send my son to school. So, <laughs> Yeah, right? That's true. Yeah. That's true. They're expensive. They're expensive. Um, this is another, actually, I don't know if you've ever covered this in any of your videos, Josh, but uh, Corey Clark asks, what's the story with all the MiG-50s? This is the most asked question. I think we're up to like 175 oh, really? people have asked. um yeah i mean they're so a lot of people and they don't these aren't all mig 50s it's all there's mig 30s mig 120s mig 60s mig 80s p100 migs mig base of midget mig 50h migs there's like nine of them mig collector yeah i have all of them now i even have an unopened this is pathetic hold on i'm about to I'm about to reveal my hoarding tendencies. It's under my desk for the episode that everyone's asking me for. It's the um, unopened reissue. It's been under here for like two months. Hmm. Um, And yeah, basically the story started with, I got a hold of one for like, I think 250 bucks or something a long time ago. I got it and it like, disintegrated like the switches fell out of it and the pot, I mean, yeah. the pots were like yeah the, the, that's like, what they do <laughs> it was like like the taper on the pot i like i yeah, like input work. two so i'll plug in the input two i like that bright cap for some reason there i like how it feels and it was like the input two volume control did nothing until nine or i mean it was like absurd taper like just trash parts yeah plastic jacks in the back so opened it up and just gutted everything for you know all the crap and yeah. put everything all the pots back in. Change them all. and then when i plugged it in it was like holy moses for me because i've always played 65 basements and stuff and i hated traveling around with that one i just fell in love with the make 50 after that yeah, i found one here much- yeah, it's pretty yeah. much a, a Marshall circuit, you know, basement slash Marshall circuit, and and uh, that's made with the worst components ever imaginable. Uh, <laughs> the pots, especially, I'll go into detail on the pots. It's just like so someone far. brings that brings one in to repair, and I'm like, well, first of all, I got to change all the pots because <laughs> I guarantee it's one of those pots, and uh, so just rip them off the circuit board. <laughs> And that's a nightmare. Take the, take the little. I literally have ripped them off the circuit board, and then take the little, um, the little metal piece that they're attached to that are poking through. You know, the front. Take yeah. that off. Just put the pots right to the chassis. Screw them down. Put new pots in. New knobs. 
And, uh, you know, oh God, I've done a few of those. It, it's like flying the leads off but the board. But it does sound like, cool. Yeah, I, and, and <laughs> I have to admit, I, it sounds I legitimately, cool. I, like it. I legitimately, it's my favorite ant. And I have, I have six MiG 50s. I sent one to uh, Dan at the pedal show. And I got another one in literally like the other day because it's a certain MiG-50 where they misspelled presents. It's like the first 50 mate. Like, this is how bad this is getting. It's like, I don't need another <laughs> one. But I found out there's one where the spelling's wrong and it says H-100. And it's like, oh, my God, it's the first 50 mate. So I had to get that. <laughs> so I have those. And I legitimately love every one of them. They're all really similar, but you got to gut them out. And then I just I went down this rabbit hole. A couple of people noticed I liked the fifties and was using them everywhere. And they said yeah. things like, I got a 60, I got a one twenty. you know, like this dude <laughs> that teched for Jimmy page getting emails like I got Jimmy pages old P one or whatever. Yeah. Send it on with the cabinets. Why not? And then the stuff just keeps appearing. Then there's this guy, he gets a connection like unopened mid thirties right here. So that's, the first 100 made had a 30 watt transformer. It wasn't what he wanted. He put an orange plate on them. There's just a handful of these ended up with four from a guy in Russia, like a guy in Russia in a box (laughs) never opened. So it's turned into this joke at this point. I'm going to do an episode and I, I need, I heard you did mods on them at some point. Is that right? I haven't done any. No, I haven't done any mods on them. uh, Although I could maybe, I need to send you one and have you mod it. Okay, we can do that. You got enough. I mean, I could spare one. <laughs> you could spare one. I could do that. No problem. Um, send you uh, a bunch of pedals. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I would love it. Yeah, that would be great. Sure. Yeah, I um, it'd be fun. Actually, I have a story. I mean, I fixed them okay. and changed them where they, you know, work properly. Where they don't disintegrate, oh, yeah. yeah. They don't disintegrate, yeah. Those pots, man, you just look at them wrong and they just fall apart. <laughs> it's bad. The toggle switches on the front are like, yeah, they're, they're like something from a Happy Meal, like a toy, like <laughs> you can't look at them great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of the story is it, 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 it reveals my, uh, my collector tendencies. Yeah, yep. my assistant got on to me because I was t- we were talking about I was a hoarder, and she's like, "You're a collector." And I said, that sounds much better. Yeah, well, I'm a collector also. Yeah, collector. we're all collectors. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, yeah, I always see like I, you know the funny thing is I always have like uh, I I kind of like unique, um, off branded guitars, uh, meaning oh, yeah. meaning like a Bernie Les Paul or you know. Or things like that, or odd things like a Guild S60. That's <laughs> odd, yes. Like, uh, and uh, and yeah, I I have collected several of those things over the years. That I'm like, God, I really don't need another guitar, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but you and and now we make those. guitars. And now we make guitars. So now that's even worse. Now but, you justify it, and your well, guitars well, are great, man. Well, yeah, the problem the problem is though, is you see one that comes through, you know, and you're just like. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me well, see that. I just got this. Some, someone asked in the chat. They asked about the guitar, so I just wanted to show it off. I just got this, which is candy apple red over sunburst. 
That's which, cool. Which is amazing. Amazing guitar. Look at the back. You see that gold? Like, Yeah, that's how they paint Candy Apple Red. So, yeah. so Candy Apple Red is actually painted gold first, and then it's a translucent red that's sprayed over the metallic gold. And and the how bright or dark the Candy Apple Red depends on how much red they spray on it. Hmm. That's so, I didn't know that. That's cool. I have an that's, old. That's, that's why they're varying in you know lightnesses and darknesses okay. on the, on candy apples. I have an old '60s Strat that was painted white over burst, and it's wearing, and that's that's a weird thing because I guess, and I don't know, but you know, it was like they would just. I was told they'd just be making all these sunbursts. They needed a white one for some artist, and they just spray yep. it over. Yep, and now here we are, and it's faded there, and it looks cool. Yeah, it's really cool. That's why we do those. People yeah, I actually, like I actually saw a white. You had a white overburst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we. That's a very popular. We've done that a bunch of times. That's cool. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. Um, and, and it's fun to dream up new ones too. It's like, huh? What if we do this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've see seen what that looks like, and then we get it, and they're like. Maybe we won't do that one again. <laughs> but Which but one? but inevitably someone will like it. Right. There's always someone that'll like it. Yep. Yeah. I think those mean greeny ones were uh, were big. The the yeah, bicolor. The, the metallic green uh, over a sunburst, over a, a three tone sunburst. So when it wore away, you had the three tone sunburst with metallic green. It's cool. I see where Eric Johnson here said relic pedals coming soon i think that's a market that i think you should dive into that you obviously you can paint i can't yeah. do that sunburst with translucent colors for pedals <laughs> huh. sunburst would be hard because sunburst is like stains and stain right you know staining um, aluminum but there are there's actually a company out there that does relic pedals i it doesn't pet Petty John, don't they? Doesn't Petty John pedals? Yeah, I think they do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, uh, uh, definitely do it. Yeah, everyone keeps asking about relic amps too, and I'm like, yeah, I could just see this now. I could see like every everyone at the factory in the parking lot dragging head boxes behind their cars. <laughs> <laughs> you you buy one of those like Kawasaki ATVs and you just pull amps around for like yeah yeah sure. You have a person they just tip it over every like turn. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. You know, you know, I got to say though, the nice thing, uh, you know, love it or hate it, I know there's a lot of people that don't care for relic guitars, but from a standpoint of a reseller or a store, having a relic guitar is the greatest thing ever because they don't have to worry about it. Dude, I love it. I um, I have you know, like you you know, but what you know what I mean is like you know the store has it on the wall, and so what if the guy scratches it? It, it looks new. It looks it, new. It's fine. The problem with a, a pristine guitar is, and and you're a store, and you're going to hang this guitar in the store, mm. unless no one's touching it. No, um, I totally agree. You inevitably love- get some sort of little scrape or one little pick scratch or something. And then, and then you have a warm. customer that is complaining about it and returning the guitar because there's a slight pick scrape on the guitar that naturally happens, you know? Um, Absolutely. And, and, and that's horrible for the store because it's just a pain in the ass. 
Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and as a, as a player, I love just having a, a relic guitar because I don't have to worry about it. It's like I can lean it up against an amp and lay it on top, it. lay it on your tool bench. Exactly. <laughs> Throw it on the couch, you know, yep. whatever. Yeah, and, and they just – we've talked about this before. They just feel – feel good. Like, yeah, they just feel softer. They feel more worn in. It's just something about it. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, hey, I want to get to another question in the chat. We had yeah. Riley Loacura. Uh, he says, JHS pedals. What drive would you recommend to start by collecting, and what is the best budget amp pedal platform, Vox or Fender? Start by collecting. Um, That's what he said. Pedals in general, or. Just what a good draw- starting overdrive pedal. Yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll approach it from that. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's hard to beat like a TS9. I, I mean, if you're just getting in the pedals and getting your feet wet, that's a pedal you can, you know, you can be learning guitar and go buy it for like 60 bucks on Reverb or cheaper mm-hmm. and go do a world tour and it might still be on your board. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get hung up on like vintage versus modern versus 808 just play it and you know enjoy it pedal platform amps that are cheap um you can get a mig 50 but it'll disintegrate um so i wouldn't do <laughs> yeah, that um i my I still uh i use this too when i'm breadboarding and stuff it's just been reliable i've had this amp for almost 20 years and it is um it's from the nineties. They reissued it. I don't, they might know some details here, but it's a Fender blues deluxe. It's tweed. I love that. Yeah. I think for yeah. pedals, it's a six L six was like 35, 40 Watts. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's the channel switching always breaks on them, but I never use the drive anyway. And I got mine at a pawn shop for like $250. I found one for a friend for four on reverb. I mean, that's hard to beat for like a 40 watt six L six amp. Mm-hmm. You can go relic it in your driveway. Nobody's going to care. What is that? So this it's, that's basically like a, like a base mini twin thing, right? Kind of a, uh yeah sort of sort of yeah, I, I yeah it feels that. real similar to me yeah, yeah. It, it loves drive or, pedal. or even the any of the hot rod series amps on the clean channel you know it's is is for yeah. super cheap for a pedal amp is pretty cool um, yeah I, I think those are home runs uh, a little, of more, other drive pedals, a little more expensive deluxe you know deluxe reverb of course but deluxe um, or a princeton yeah yeah deluxe reverb's great yeah, that that's as far as Vox stuff, man. I'm most unfamiliar. I have an old JMI Vox, and I have like a Morgan AC40. I don't know a ton about Vox. It's not never been something I go gig with. Mm-hmm. You might know of something. I don't. As far as affordable Voxy things, I guess affordable. Already, no, I wouldn't go there. It's it, anything the in the Vox realm that's affordable is kind of junky. So right. yeah, uh, that's what I would think. It's going to be, yeah not something you want to get into like a core game. Yeah. Right. Look at the sun behind me. What the hell is happening? <laughs> Looks like your head is <laughs> you, you have a big halo above your head. I know. I mean, it's just, it's a little strange. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, I've thrown you guys off with this daytime episode. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're really all messed up. There, let's see. There was a question here about uh, what is. Oh, here it is from Twelfth Fret. What is JH, JHS's 
iteration of the Dumble OD tone, or do you have a pedal like that? I don't. I don't have one. Moon, the Moonshine does some of that. The Dumble thing. <laughs> the Dumble thing is one of those uh, questions of like I, I don't exactly. Yeah, I know. It's like, and then, and then like. It's real difficult to to say a pedal can like sound like a dumble. Because what if you plug that into like a Vox AC4? I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I, those are really tricky. I mean, how many people played a dumble? I've played like five or six, and they're all totally different. And mm-hmm. five of the six, I absolutely hated them. <laughs> and they were like ninety thousand dollars, literally. Like Keith Urban's was that. I did a video with it, and it's like. I did not like it. I just could not get into it. I yeah, played I'm with you. I like John Mayer's. It's, it was awesome. It sounds great. And I have a, uh, I have one in here that's, it's good. I just, just give me a MIG 50, you know, with new pots. I don't know. I, but I get it. And I think people are wanting that sound, whatever that is. Cause it's so, I mean, if you put up, Larry Carlton versus John Mayer's Dumble Tone, like that's not the same thing. And I don't, or send, you know, like there's all these different people, like Robert Randolph using a Dumble on, on lap steel. It's just really tough for me to even recommend something. I mean, there's all the classic pedals like the Zen Drive supposedly and stuff. But those are all, usually anytime you see a Dumble pedal, the ones that I've seen and played, they sound really good in most cases, but they're not that far from, say, a TS9 or a full drive. That's just the truth. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. usually a tube screamer. So don't get so hung up on a Dumble pedal. You can probably find, like, a full drive, like the, especially the new small one. Or, like I said, my Moonshine, it'll do it because it's, like a, it's, a, it's a more thick screamer-type circuit. Trying to think of other variations, but and that's not to say these dumbbell puddles aren't cool. I just don't have anything. Um, my head would go around in circles trying to figure out how to put a dumbbell sound in a box. I, mm-hmm. I would, yeah, I'd be like chasing my tail. Yeah, I agree. Head. I mean, and and again, uh, every single dumbbell was was different. So because uh, it was, they were all originally made for the individual player. And yeah. So how do you? Which one? How do you chase that? Yeah, Man, I don't, I, I don't frankly know. like them. I don't either. <laughs> so the only one I like is the clean one that that John Mayer plays. That was cool, but it's just mm-hmm. a big, nice, clean amp, and there's a lot of ways to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool. Um, Jared Bader says, "Hey, Josh, you mentioned the bass man." I had a 68 for two days. Every neck pickup sounded amazing. Every bridge pickup sounded completely unusable. What did I do wrong, and what did you do right? <laughs> what kind of basement? He said a 68, yeah, yeah but didn't So say. a 68 basement head, I assume? Mm. So I'm assuming yes. Uh, you know, it's it's like generally here's, – here's the rule. Blackface um, – or silver face fenders, generally speaking, like single coils more than they like humbuckers in general. Yes. So um, they can be okay with humbuckers if you crank them up. Like you take an old basement head, crank it up into a 412, which is always a cool sound. Um, they can be okay, but you're going to turn the bass almost off 
uh, on them uh, or tube or something uh, to make that work with a humbucker. Um, but generally speaking, I always find fenders seem to work with single coil fender style guitars. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like you uh, plan that, that or something. Now, now a tweed <laughs> a tweed basement is a different yeah. story. So yeah, that, for sure. That's that's you know that that's more of a. Uh, well, yeah. Marshall, Marshall essentially copied that, so that's more of a Marshall. Well, not a Marshall-based circuit. They were first, uh, but it's that it that works great. Tweed basement, also a great amp for pedals. Oh, that's an that's an amazing yeah. amp. Yeah, even the, I agree. even the reissue ones. The reissue ones were quite good uh, for pedals and stuff. So those were those were cool. You you answered it. I, I would say I've always played single coils. I've never had a single problem. Um, Sixty-five. I had. The the basement ten I gigged that for years. It's hideous. It weighs like nine thousand pounds. Has the four tens in it. Mm-hmm. I never had a problem because I just never played humbuckers, P nineties, um, single coils, Jazzmaster pickups. Yeah, like I think they're all kind of like I have. That's a fifty nine right here, a real fifty nine, and it sounds mm-hmm. like nice. violently different than the sixty five right here. Yeah, but they're still. I mean, you'll plug them up, and it's like. It's a basement, but yeah, they're going to react different. So 68, I, I can't remember what all was out, but that should be a great head. I mean, I think anything from that era is probably great. Some of those 70s, I feel like I've played 70s basements, late 70s, and they're, it's like, I don't know what's going on with them. Um, they can sound real crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for that. Uh, CL Clark, Josh, can you explain the mods you do on the Klon KTR? Yeah, we don't do them anymore. Um, when the when the KTR came out, um, yeah, it, that's a long Klon story. Um, the Klon is another pedal I've used way before the whole like everybody needs a Klon, and I don't use it right. Apparently, I use it as a high gain drive pedal. I don't like the clean sound of it. Um, so I had breadboarded them. Um, I used to make a replica. Um, and when Bill put the KTR out, I discontinued my replica. And then I made a mod where basically there was a thing I used to do to mine. Believe it or not, modding a real clown was really smart, but um, lost some value there. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's basically a switch that when you flip it, you're changing you change about five or six parts and you end up with a low mid boost and you change the hard clipping quite a bit. So it's kind of a bizarre mod that I really liked once again with single coils. I liked it a lot with the high gain settings. Um yeah, we don't do it anymore. Um, we probably modded a hundred of those in a few years. I mean, not many people were willing to send their clon in to be drilled into. <laughs> so it's cool. It's a cool mod. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I kind cool. of almost, yeah. Cool. The, um, but then the, he also makes the guy who did the original clon now does the KTR, right? Which is basically. Yeah. Bill Finnegan. Yeah, yeah. That's what he was asking. Yeah. Th- yeah. And that's the mod we offered. Cause you could buy those. So we were modding them for people and and stuff, but essentially it's a switch that changes a bunch of stuff out, and you can go back and forth between it. Gotcha. Kind of like a like a 
it's a boost that's boosting frequency gain and volume all at the same time. Um, and it's doing it in the front and the back of the circuit at one time. It's not like you're just changing a diode or this. You're, you're actually kind of changing three positions in the circuit and, and you're altering it. It could be a totally different pedal. Nobody would ever know. It sounds really different. So we put that on a toggle switch and some people were brave souls and they set theirs in and they're modded now. Cool. Are you, um, are you still doing mods? We are still doing mods. So we have a mod technician. His name is Joshua, and that's all he does, uh, just 40 hours a week modding stuff. Primarily now, things are getting harder to mod because a lot of people are going to surface mount and stuff for good reason, and and that gets – they're totally moddable still, but it just, it's getting into a point where there's almost – there's not a lot left to mod. There's so many – it's kind of a big discussion we've been having about mods, but right now we do a lot with the big muff reissues. We mod those in the droves. I mean, just cases of those going in and out. We still uh, modify Ernie Ball volume pedals, mm-hmm. and we do a couple other things pretty consistently. Um, but we started, I started with mods, obviously, and that's what I was selling. And then we probably went from 20 mods down to like six, you know, or even more than 20. I don't know, but it's, it's kind of a strange era. I think a lot of people got into pedals through modding like me. I know Rob, well, Robert's a little different, but there's a lot of guys who did that. I think Wampler was in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's going to be harder for people because they're going to open up a, and have to learn a surface mount technique immediately, which is really hard so it's kind of an, we've had this discussion, like the pedal world, people don't realize it, but it might be harder for people to get into pedals right now than there have. We might see that in five or six years. Like right now you can throw a rock out the window and hit 25 pedal companies, you know, yeah. but it's because everyone was modding boss pedals and stuff. And now you open a boss pedal, it's surface mount. That's intimidating when you're, you know, when you're just trying to figure out what's going on, I don't know how far I would have gotten. Uh, I probably would have burned myself to death and I don't know. (laughs) You would have certainly wrecked a bunch of pedals. Oh yeah. I would have destroyed. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I don't even mess mess with that. It's surface mode. Forget it. No, (laughs) I I, I can't see well enough anymore to make that work. For sure. Yeah, I think I think we'll see some effect of this in the next five or ten years, for sure. There will be less stories of people saying, I got in through modding. It'll have to be some other a- approach, I think, mm. seems likely. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, there'll always be older pedals that have... Always. You know, that, that you can yeah. always mod, but still. There's literally 10 million boss pedals, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um there was another question uh, that we had from Jacob Gardner and he said uh, he's asked us a couple of times. So I'm going to make sure I got to it. Update on seesaw plans on mini morning, morning glory. I'm not sure what seesaw is. Yeah. No plans on a mini morning glory. Um, no, no plans on that. The seesaw is a volume pedal we're putting out. It has a built in tuner in the toe integrated front panel where you can do, XLR in and outs for like acoustic preamp or pop in into stereo electric guitar. So it's like a modular volume pedal. Oh, cool. It's been a real pain in the butt, honestly. Um, um, mechanically speaking, it's pretty much done. 
it does exist. The reason he's asking is because I announced it like it was like 35 years ago at NAM, and then we had huge issues, and I wish I'd never brought it up. It's one of those like, mm-hmm. you know, the classic NAM story. Like, where's mm-hmm. your product? So we're kind of done with it now, sort of. And once we are done with it, we're going to product test it with a bunch of artists for a few months. It's alive, though. I think that's what people are mainly asking. Like, did you give up? No, we're, we're done. We probably should have given up. I've spent way too much money on it. So maybe like 20 years of selling them, I'll break even. But it's it'll be fun. What's what's the gist buffered volume pedal with? What's the gist of that product? The sea salt, yeah. So it's yeah. a smaller format volume pedal. I have it in the other room. I don't want to go get it, but it's a smaller format volume pedal, and in the toe of it is an actual tuner that's always on, so you don't need a mm-hmm. tuner on your board. That's great. It's not a stringed device. It's not the typical optical. It's not magnetic. Like it's a totally unique way of turning on and off the volume control. Uh, it has on the front of it, you know, obviously like if this is the C, if that's the, you know, get it seesaw up and down. But if you look mm-hmm. at the front where you'd normally plug into an Ernie ball, yeah. different configurations where you can use it for microphones, a, acoustic instrument preamp, pull it out, put mm-hmm. stereo electric guitar in. It's just a really mm-hmm. versatile attack at making the best volume pedal out there. Um, and it's been one heck of an education in making a product that's not in a standard enclosure. So then in that case, it is a buffered sort of volume. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's an active uh, high headroom buffer. Yes. Yes. Oh, really like nice. Plus and minus rails. Yep. Plus and minus rails. It's awesome. So you can do line level or pedal level. Yeah. Depending on what your, that's the beauty of the format is, you know, you might, want two of them that are set up differently. There's one version of it that'll literally have like a preamp built in for acoustic instruments, like upright bass or, or anything really mm-hmm. uh, acoustic guitars. So it's a direct box as well, if you need it to be, but Sounds it can great. just be a mono electric, you know, or stereo. Yeah. It's cool. It sounds great. cool, but not happening. What about a mini wah pedal called the Wee Wah? That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. The Wee Wah. I like it. Uh, old guys. Gu- there you go. You could steal it. Uh, old guys guitar vlog said, uh, "I love the JHS video about this distortion history. One of my favorite YouTube vids of all time." Cool. Yeah, that was a cool video. I really did like Thank that. Thank you, man. Um, I know we only have. Uh, about 15 minutes left with you. I want to be courteous of your time. Um, so I, I, any guy, any questions for Dave, we can get for him afterward. Um, here's a, a question, Mark. Uh, does Josh have any plans for a harmonic tremolo tap tempo that also has a boost? I, I don't. Um, yeah, it's very specific. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the harmonic trim thing it kind of fascinates me like how that seems to have not disappeared. A lot of people have done them. They sound really good. I think Robert has the one that's great. There's a couple people that do. I, I don't have anything in line right now to get into that. I, I feel like there's something out there that has tap tempo harmonic trim. I mean, I know the Strymon stuff probably has it in it, but I don't know. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that keeps getting brought up. It feels like there's a reason mm-hmm. that's so popular. I'm not sure harmonic trim on that. I mean, I know what it is. I like it. I just, yeah, I haven't, I haven't got into that. I just finished up the Kodiak, which was, you know, you know, finally got that done. So I don't want to look at tremolo for a while. And I put this, <laughs> uh, I put this guy out this month, a simplified mini, just nice, simple trim. So I'm going to take a pause from trim for a while. Um, there's good harmonic trims out there though. I think Supro put one out. That's really great. Um, I'm not sure though. It's a cool okay. effect. Um, Daniel Timmerman says, Josh, would you ever build a weird onboard fuzz or OD just so you can surprise everyone with that onboard effects? Let me show you something. Hold on. I got, I've got to undo my headphone for one second. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to wait. I'm back. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. I can hear you. I'm not sure I can right. see you. Can you see him? No. Yep. Okay. No, I can. So um, I was in Chicago. I mean, a lot of people, and, and I was at Jeff Tweedy's place, the Wilco Loft. And this is an old um, Electra. People obviously seen these MPCs. So I made a bunch of JHS cartridges. So I made a boost, I made a tremolo, I put the Andy Timmons signature in one, Milkman delay, I put a fuzz thing in mine, and then I put my compressor. So if you've never seen these, I'm telling you all this with no intention of ever selling these, they're just for me, but you asked the question, so. I saw you post this also, and people. Oh my gosh, people like lost their mind over this. I thought it'd be like. (laughs) So yeah, look, there's an Andy Timmons. Just pop it in. What do you want? You want some compressor? Pop that in. Little nine volt battery. Got your little guitar here. Bash it against the counter. (laughs) Then, wait. You want to sound like right here? You want to mark? Ah, right there. Boom. And then this is, you know, different controls. So to answer your question, yes, but I don't, I don't have any intention of selling them. It's quite an expensive thing to do them. Um, these are 3D printed. I just print them up. But, I mean, I'd have to do such great quantity of them. And I think, how many people have an MPC? Like 10 people? I don't know. Yeah, right. I had people, te- like, had a couple artists like pretty you know no like went and bought an npc thought i was putting these out and i was like man (laughs) i don't know i don't i'm sorry i saw when you posted that i i i think i even posted like a one of those surprise faces like oh what's that no i i know it's it's such a it's such a fun thing if i can figure out some I just don't know. I think it's just such a cool thing to have these little cartridges. Um, I mean, for me, like I'd love to put a good germanium treble boost and like a, 
even a univibe in my guitar. How crazy would that be? be amazing. But can't have everything. Yeah, that's true. Um, other question for you. Carl Winkley yeah. says, what is your favorite JHS pedal and your favorite pedal made by another company? Um, my favorite JHS is, is probably still this. Um, it's the color box. Um, just because it was, I mean, part of this was just trying to do something different with a guitar pedal. So two neat 1073 preamp gain stages in series with a really unique tone control. And having seen this, you know, worked on every instrument all over records from vocals to keyboards to kick drums to electric guitars. I was, you know, originally just wanting to do the sound of like the white album, like plugging into the sidecar. Um, Mm -hmm. That's just been just really fun to see. I remember putting it out for $399 and thinking like, no one's going to buy this. And it it was a bestseller for two years. Um, It just does a lot of cool stuff. As far as from another company, I love everything. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, like asking an addict what his favorite drug is or something. I don't, I mean, I'm, uh, that's a hard one. It is hard. I mean, I I guess I would go back to like probably just a favorite pad. I just so hard. It's so hard. I'll give you three. So Tom Bender MK three. So like the three knob Batman on onomatopoeia look, the one that says fuzz and the big, Mm-hmm. That one, um, a rat, like a like just a rat, and then probably a Boss DM2 delay. Hmm. Cool ones. I have like 20 more that I want to say, but I'm restraining myself because the guy <laughs> asked for one. Right, right. That's cool. Uh, this is another one. Izzy Espinola. I don't know if, uh, you know, this. I should really ask this of Dave. Um, who comes with the, uh, comes up with the names for the JHS pedals? That that's me. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I've gotten into some discussions that were funny. One particular was I was talking with with Jamie at Earthquaker and was mentioning. I think we were on a panel at Nashville Nam or something, a Vintage King panel, and someone asked this, and it hit me how weird it was that sometimes, <laughs> in like eighty percent of the cases, I will come up with. I'll get a name of a pedal or this icon or this like, like a store, like a, like something that attaches a name and an icon and this image of what it could sound like to be, to be understandable to people. And then I'll design a circuit around it. Um, And whereas a lot of people, I think they go design a circuit and have to name it. Uh, and so like 80% of the cases I'm coming up with names and the way a pedal looks before I ever hear it. And then I'll try to design audio around how it looks. And mm-hmm. I was told that's really weird. Yeah. That is. So, that's, I kind of understand that. I kind of, yeah, I just love the visual and I, and, and obviously the story of things. And I feel like if I'm going to make a product, I want to, I've got to tell a story. And I and I gotta have that first, or I don't even want to bother making the product. I, I want a story out of it, and I've always been that way. So I, it is kind of odd, but I'm glad you can relate. 
That's cool. I get some, I get yeah. some weird looks. Yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, maybe we can end with this question because this is kind of a good one. Um, you can do two. You know, I got time for two more. They're okay. going pretty quick. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Big Poppy says, Josh, right. what, what is your prediction of the future of pedals? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I think I, 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 the only thing I know for sure, and I say this because like history repeats itself, and I think we, you can learn a lot from from you know we're setting on ninety years of guitar, seventy years of effects, and there's enough information there to let you know that they're always going to be around, that people always want classic things. We can make the coolest stuff. Like I got this line six floorboard thing in here, and it sounds really good. Digital's gotten really good. I'm not going to say it's not. There's some really great products out there. But people are just always going to want a tone bender and a fuzz face and a univod, and they're always going to want a tube screamer. And I think as long as a guitar is being picked up, People are going to listen to Pink Floyd and want to sound like Pink Floyd. They're going to, they're going to want the classic things. And there's a lot of people that say comments like, you know, analog's never going to hang around. Well, yeah. I mean, history slaughters that uh, discussion. I mean, we are still using tube amps and there's nothing better, you know? So not that the digital stuff doesn't sound good and that I don't go to sound checks on huge world tours and they're playing through Kemper profilers and no one can hear it in the audience, but the player can tell and people enjoy these vintage circuits and stuff. So my prediction is that it'll pretty much stay the same. I think people will continue making really great digital stuff. They'll merge it with analog, mm-hmm. but we're going to keep making tube screamers and tone benders. Marshalls, fenders. That's what I think. Yeah, okay, cool. I agree. Yeah. Um, interesting question here from Eric Johnson. Has Josh ever thought about modding a Friedman pedal? Here's the honest truth. I uh, The ones I've played don't, they're fantastic. I mean, they're great pedals. So, um, I've never thought about it. I should mod the crap out of one just for fun and like send it to him. Put switches all over. Like, what did you do? <laughs> he plays his distortion pedal. It's a chorus or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's funny. Um, there was another one that was below it. Uh, uh, let's see. I thought I saw it. Um, oh, okay. Uh, from EdVed796 for Josh, any plans to roll out more micro pedals like the Tidewater? Yeah, absolutely. I've done those since 2009. The episode I filmed today for the vlog, it'll air Thursday, and it's an episode about the, uh, it's about the new uh, Mini Foot Fuzz version 2. I made this since 2009, but I revised it. And then we did this Tidewater. So he's talking about these guys. I've done these for a long, almost 10 years of these small pedals. Um, and I had never seen anyone do them. Obviously, people had done them. But I think they're just a cool format for me because, like, 
I want them to be kind of like when I talked about Neve, it's not a bad sound just to make simple pedals that are small and they do the classic thing. Well, and you can't get a bad sound and they're like a hundred bucks or so. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do some more. I have, um, I have a couple of really good ones. One of those Nam things may be that. I don't know. That's what I heard. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, here, here's one other one. Here's one other question. Stephen Witt asked, what is a pedal Josh put out with high expectations but ended up not selling that well? Hmm, good question. Let me count them. <laughs> <laughs> it does happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there are two, that, and they're like mind-boggling to me. They're... Here's the thing that's so crazy. This is a great question and a great way to go out on this. The two pedals that I put out with the most expectation that I was so excited about that I knew were going to be home runs because they were the most original thing ever and I slaved over them and there's nothing on the market like them never sold. And it was... The irony of that. And then I put out a bonsai, which is nine tube screamers. And it's the best-selling pedal we've ever done. Mm-hmm. And then you have people saying, well, just do original stuff, but nobody buys it. Um, so those two examples are, and I'm going to continue to do original stuff and play on the old stuff as always. But it's a funny thing there that people don't see about amps and guitars, I think, is you know, for you, probably everybody wants a Plexi and an 800. And, you know, it's like yep, there's this yep. war going on. They are the Twin 12, which I took a Silvertone 1484. I've had it for years. Took it apart, made it into a pedal using FETs, and I thought it was really unique. Did a couple fun things to it. I mean, it's a really cool pedal. Even big art. Yeah, yeah. It's a great mm-hmm. pedal. Um, it's one that, you know, you got like John Mayer and stuff loving it. And they tweet about it and all this and nobody seems to care. And then the <laughs> second one is the crayon, which is what the color box was always going to be. It's a stripped down version of this. So, you know, this is a home run. So I thought, well, I'm finally going to put the three knob version out that just does the dirty Beatles thing or whatever, like the fuzzy overdrive. It just doesn't sell. And then it's funny because you got like, you too instagramming pictures of it it's in the rigs on the world tour you got these huge artists love it but it's the lowest two selling pedals we make and they're probably on the chopping block but they're my most original offerings ever for dirt mm-hmm. but no, but it's so it's this weird um <laughs> paradox is that the right word it's like a weird thing to kind of you have to stare that in the face and be like you know well people say oh, do original stuff do original stuff and you go all the way with it, and it's like nobody touches it. Um, so it's a funny thing. How do you feel about that with your amps? Well, well, year, years ago, um, well, I've always been an aficionado of you know vintage Marshall style amps. Uh, uh, and the funny thing was, is I, I don't really care for gold. <laughs> <laughs> so yet. Almost all my amps are gold. Um, that all started years ago because uh, uh, I, I did an amp with another company before I had my own Friedman line uh, with Blankenship called the Veriplex. And uh, it was a take on like an old Plexi. And, and the original look of it was silver faceplates, black knob, silver logo, uh, you know, black, silver trim. 
it was great, but uh, as we're making them, people are going, hey, can you make it in gold? Can you make it with the gold panels? And, and like over and over and over again, people ask that, and it's like, okay, sure. But <laughs> <laughs> so we did, and unfortunately, that kind of I got pigeonholed with the gold later, and yeah. So now I've done some amps with silver, but like the Dirty Shirley series, so that made me happy, but I hate gold. Yeah. That, that's ironic. <laughs> that's a very similar so, feeling. So, you know, yes. So people, yeah, and p- people do tend to want what they know. And, the, and you know, they people always, just exactly what you were just saying, original designs and this and that. It's just they don't want to hear it generally. They don't want to buy it. Yeah, it, they it's don't want to hear it. They want to know what they're familiar with or your take on what, you know, that is. And, uh, and uh, you know, so you just look to build the better mousetrap version of it, you know? And it's always yeah, like, I, the, the main question is always, what's that based on? Yeah. Right? Right. What's yeah. it based on? Why does it have to be based on anything? I was so excited to have two pedals where I didn't, there was no previous pedal answer, you know? I can trace anything down in a lineage because, you know, most just, you know, you can't reinvent the wheel on a lot of effects. And these two were just like, this feels great. I got the answer finally. And it's like crickets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) But the good news is I love playing on the old circuits. I love the classics. I think there's a million ways to keep playing with them. And it's cool. It's just a, just an ironic thing that's so funny. I think it's so funny to me. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, at least the music world, people like vintage stuff or go back to that stuff. But hey, I I, yeah. uh, I appreciate you taking the time, Josh, to come on the show. Um, it's awesome to have you on. Uh, I really do Absolutely, appreciate it. Absolutely, man. This was a blast. Yeah. And thanks for yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and everybody that commented, I'm yeah. very appreciative of you coming out. And is there, I'm reading them now. Such great questions. Yeah, it's awesome. Dave, I need to send you a MIG-50. Yeah, sure. Need, no need problem. To, need to crank it up or something. Sure. You got me You got me thinking because I need, I need a Plexi. I need a – I got to talk to you later. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Got a Marshall. Okay. I need a Marshall guy in my life. Marshall's kind of new to me. I mean, it's not new. I have a 800 and a 900, but it's kind of new in the sense of I've always just played Fender stuff. So I might have some Marshall yeah. questions. Okay. Yeah, sure. No problem. Anytime. Cool. Anytime well, uh, if anybody wants to reach out to Josh, go to J- JHS Pedals. Uh, where else? Uh, I guess you guys are on Instagram. You're on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The best avenues are uh, if it's like a question that it feels like it needs some attention Mm -hmm. info at JHS pedals, you know, that's a general, like if you have a a nice long question about some products, you're, you're, you want some help. That's a good one. Instagram is most active. That's JHS pedals, you know, at JHS pedals, Twitter's at JHS pedals. We don't check that as much. Instagram's big. Facebook, there's a JHS Pedals, and YouTube every Thursday, it's JHS Pedals on YouTube, and there's a show there, and we're really active on those comments, even more than Instagram at sometimes. So, yeah, one of those will get you to us in some fashion. It is the holidays, so 
give us an extra day. We're all drowning, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we're thankful for that. So, and, and, and then there's now. Yes. Yes. Which I is, love that whole Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Nam. <laughs> it really is more. It's really more just like Halloween Nam. Because the in between, the in between parts, um, I somehow just whiz right by. So. Yeah, and then you find yourself at Nam. Nam's over, and you're instantly saying summer Nam in like four months. <laughs> yes. And then you're trying to deliver the product from Winter Nam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a, a funny acronym. I think no, Brad Jackson told me this, and he's like, "Nam stands for not available, maybe March." Cause you're, <laughs> yeah, because you're always showing something you don't really have, and you're just like, "It's like it's like March," and it comes for, out in November. Yeah, for the first time ever, we're going to be launching immediately two products. <laughs> I love it, man. We're we're trying to do that too, and it feels good if we can pull it off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll see you there, man. That's exciting. All okay. right, cool. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you, Josh, meeting in person. Get some sunshine. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in during the afternoon. We really appreciate it. I'm going to yep. hang up here, Josh and Dave. Just hang on one second. And uh, all right, our next show is December 23rd, uh, I believe, at 9 p.m. Eastern time with. Uh, uh, Robert Baker. So, uh, YouTube sensation, Robert Baker. So, uh, cool. Take care, everybody. We'll, we'll see you soon.